Hey everyone, welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I am Rochelle Denae Poth, and this is episode seven. If you've been listening, I've talked about um, a variety of topics. It's kind of whatever's on my mind, or if there's conversation I've been involved in, uh, or just thinking, you know, during my lunch break or over the weekend or something. So some of the topics have been um, 10 ideas for self-care, a couple of which I still need to work on. Also mentoring and why it's important for us as teachers and why we need to act as mentors for our students, uh, for our colleagues, and how to find somebody that can be a mentor for you and that you can also provide that same support for somebody else. Also with artificial intelligence, uh, which is a topic that I'm really interested in and definitely things looking toward the future for our students. Um, how can we prepare them for the future of work, for what they're going to do once they leave our classroom, leave our schools, and make decisions about the future when we can't really predict what the jobs will look like in the future, what skills they might definitely need, what technology will be available. So how can we best prepare them? So kind of going along those lines, I was thinking about collaboration today and with my eighth grade course on STEAM, we've been talking about virtual reality and artificial intelligence, and today had a discussion about just time for students to get to know one another, uh, building those social emotional learning skills, and then we we're also talking about empathy. And uh, it's always fun to talk to them and get their perspectives and their take on the types of learning that help them the best, uh, types of learning that don't really help them much. And then even some today said that they just get so tired of just sitting in their desks and asked if when we were doing a review game, if they could stand in the back. And I said, yes, you can. And they were like, really? I'm like, yeah, of course. You sit in these desks all day. Yeah, you can stand in the back of the room. So um, it's also fun to see them interact a little bit more, become more social with you know their classmates, but one of the games they like to play is Quizlet Live, which they're, they're playing on teams. And in other classes, they don't often go and sit with their teammates. But in some of them this year, they just they want to know who's on their team. And they go and they form their groups. And it's just really nice to see them working together and collaborating. And so it's not uncommon that we see students working in small groups. Maybe we use learning stations in our classroom and give them more of an active role in learning rather than just simply sitting and listening to us, which for many of my first years of teaching, that's what I did. I remember back to elementary school being paired with classmates, different activities that we did, and it was fun. Um, you, you had to learn, of course, but it was also fun to have those conversations just to get to know one another. And so collaborative learning has been a common method in classrooms for many years. So it's not that it's anything new, but I think the part of it that's a little bit new is the types of tools that we have available, and they don't have to be technology, but we do have a lot of digital choices available that sometimes, at least in my own classroom, I've noticed has made a difference for some of my students. When asking them to work with a classmate, uh, getting to work on group projects and finding that time and space to work together, I know that I've had students say that they appreciated having those options available. They also felt more comfortable sharing their ideas in some type of space that was using a digital tool rather than in class. But then what happened is that those tools gave them a little bit more confidence. They felt more comfortable sharing their ideas and then they felt better about interacting in the classroom. So because of all of this, I started to do some things differently in my classroom because I noticed the benefits for student learning and confidence. And so when we talk about like social learning, that is something in my class that I wasn't always comfortable with. 
um, students talking, moving around the classroom, not just sitting in their desks. And of course, uh, what works in our classroom will not necessarily work in somebody else's. It depends on our students and our classroom space. But sometimes it might work great and sometimes not so much. But we still have to take those risks and do something different because the interest invested in it is that we want to do something more for our students. So going beyond simply the content that we teach, uh, we also have to provide opportunities for our students to build whatever their skills they will need for the future. And we don't know what they'll do after graduation, but there are some experiences that, and in some skills that they should have. And when we create this space where they can engage in the social emotional learning, they can be part of a team, they can engage in discussions and problem solving, uh, critical thinking, and also be creative. I think that we will give them more meaningful learning experiences, but also more importantly, possibly, is that we'll pre prepare them for whatever the future might bring. So what are some options? Well, for me, I started to use stations in my room. I had two to four desks in each group and had students work together on different activities and it gave me a chance to interact with each group. So I was tired because I was moving around the classroom a lot, but I wasn't standing in front of the room talking at them the whole time. They weren't sitting, listening the whole time. They were actually involved, active, not just consuming, but also creating. And there were so many benefits. And when the students were coming back to tell me how much more they, they liked coming to class and they stopped looking at the clock, I knew it was making a difference. So what are some ways that we can get students started kind of quickly co collaborating? Because time, of course, is we never have enough time. So the question becomes, where do we start? Where do we find the resources? How do we find the time? Well, we can go with the traditional methods. They don't have to include technology. Um, it's nice to have some type of tool and actually to have choices and tools, whether or not they're digital tools, just things that we can do in the classroom that enable students to work together, to interact with different materials and different resources that aren't necessarily the traditional things we've been using. But when we do add in some form of a digital tool, it extends where and when the learning can happen, which is what I like about it. Um, it enables more active collaboration, especially for students who need to work on a group project and they can't necessarily meet in the same space, the same time. And like I've said before, for my students, it has been really a positive experience, not without challenges and, and things that we had to consider along the way and make changes because that's what happens. Um, also, the number one thing is to make sure that you know students have access to whatever it is that they need. The worst thing is to give students these digital tools we want them to use and to find out that when they leave our classrooms and our schools, they can't access what they need to. And so that's the number one thing I think we need to focus on is making sure that access is available for all of our students and then making sure that we're focused on the purpose for using some of these tools in our classroom. So the idea, at least in my mind, is giving students more opportunities to work together, to build those interpersonal skills and to become self-aware which is something that I didn't always know a lot about, but I've been trying to learn more about recently, especially when looking at social emotional learning and metacognition um, and looking to the future, which I've been trying to keep in my mind as well when I'm presenting content to my students or the types of activities I'm having them do, I think it's important that we help them build skills like time and project management, learn how to interact and have conversations with people, some of the basics that we, we need to have for whatever we do in life, and then also to give and to receive feedback, to have some guidelines and experiences in those areas because we're in the position we can help guide them through those and prepare them for whatever it is they decide to do later on in life. Some of the ways that I found that can be really good for collaborating are blogging, 
I started a few years ago and I wanted my students to write, but I didn't want them to just translate sentences that I had created. I didn't want them to feel like they had to write everything correctly because we don't always write proper grammar in English, let alone in a language we're learning, another language that we're learning, or even when we're talking, sometimes we always make mistakes. And so that's how we learn. But I decided to give blogging a try for myself, but also for my students. And I started to use KidVlog. And what I noticed is it gave them more confidence in writing. They were able to choose their own topics. It let me learn more about them, especially when they chose their topics. And I could kind of learn about how they had spent a weekend or a trip that they went on or books that they had read, movies they had seen, or just family and friend relationships. Uh, there were so many benefits beyond just developing like the skills, but they could write and share with their classmates and then they could give each other feedback. And it's something that's useful for any content area and grade level. And again, it doesn't have to be a digital tool. When I started doing this, I called it the daily journal. And years ago, I had my students writing composition notebooks and I collected them every Friday because every day we had a short prompt. They wrote, I collected it and gave them feedback. Now we just have access to something that's a little bit quicker that we can give them feedback in a timely manner rather than having them wait on it. Uh, and then we can continue to build on that. Discussions. So students may not necessarily want to speak out in class. And I found a couple of years ago, I was using recap for video responses. And several of my students said they really just liked being able to record the video at home, wherever they were comfortable and having it out there. And they were fine once they did it with the video being shown in class, if that was the case. Most of the time it was not. It was just a speaking assessment for me, or it was used to give me feedback to what we were doing in class. And so that gave me the indication that like I needed to find more opportunities for students to do that and some different ways for them to contribute their ideas that were comfortable for them. Some tools that you can check out if you haven't. Uh, Flipgrid has a lot of possibilities for having discussions plus many other things. You can use Padlet, which with updates, depending on the type of uh, the account that you have, Padlet, you can have students post responses, they can have audio added in, and also Synth, which works as a podcast so students can share ideas, respond to questions, and just become more comfortable interacting. And hands-on learning, of course, is always good. So if you have stations in your classroom, getting students to move into a space where they're comfortable, maybe they prefer the floor, they might want to move out into the hall, and just giving them different materials like pens and pencils and markers and poster board or whatever you have on hand, and give them a chance to just decide how they're going to practice that content. Um, you can always provide some options, and some students have told me they just simply prefer a worksheet because that's how they learn best. So it's about having choices and having that time to connect with their peers. And another option, depending on your school, if you happen to be a Google or a Microsoft school, giving students an opportunity where they can interact in the same digital space and learn how to do some of the basic things like sending an email, creating a document, sharing a document, working on a presentation together, and seeing the potential of collaborating wherever they are at any time, but also helping them to build digital citizenship skills, uh, learn how technology can be leveraged, whether in class now or in the future. Uh, just building those skills to connect our classrooms, our students, and it just takes learning to a whole new level. And then one of my favorites over the past couple of years, once I realized that I wasn't actually doing project-based learning and now have been more intentional about doing the authentic PBL with my students, it not only gave them an opportunity to engage in more real-world learning opportunities, but in some cases they worked as a team, 
They explored challenges and problems locally or on a global scale. They brainstormed ideas. Students who were new to the experience in My Spanish 3 worked with students in Spanish 4 who had that experience from the prior year. And it's nice to see how the conversations continue to evolve. They were working together, doing research together, sharing ideas, giving feedback, uh, and sometimes giving pushback, right? Uh, telling somebody, like, you know, I don't really think that was authentic PBL, and this is why. We also had the chance to connect with students in Argentina and in Spain, which for my students, being able to connect with people from the places that speak, you know, people there speak Spanish, and being able to ask them directly what it's like to go to school in those places. What, what are family customs? What are the typical foods? What are some of the issues faced by teenagers? And some of them really chose some really heavy topics that are out there, but the amount of information they were able to find and how they worked together and collaborated, not just with students in their own class, but collaborate on a global scale was really a powerful experience. And I still, to this day, just remember some of their presentations when they were just talking about it. And you could hear their excitement. Um, they were so into what they were sharing and it was just a, an awesome thing to experience. And it's not something that I could have actually, I really don't think I could have provided that same amount of learning for them. They all brought something different to the classroom, and I learned so much from them that it just kept me going and wanting to keep adding more and more to it to bring more into our classroom to connect them with as many opportunities as I could. So all in all, it's not about doing every single thing because we don't have enough time, but it's about intentionally planning ways to have students collaborate in class or setting up ways for them to collaborate when they're not in class and help them to build even their own learning networks. Um, I had a student two years ago who came in and, he, and said, wow, I really like this school year. It feels like we're this learning family and I have people that I can ask questions to and I, I just know so much more about my classmates and it's just been a really good year. And to hear that, uh, it, was, it was a great day to hear that actually. But these learning networks that they start, they start to feel that connection. And in that, they start to build confidence they get new perspectives and understandings of their classmates. And then, of course, hopefully, ideally, they connect with the content in a more meaningful way. So not that I'm an expert, but these are just five, actually, of the ways that I've opened up more possibilities for collaboration in my classroom and also beyond our classroom. And hopefully one of them or all of them might be just something that you're looking for. If you have comments, more ideas, I would love to hear from you. As always, uh, thanks for listening. And the next episode, definitely never know, like I always say, what the topic will be, but uh, I'll be back with another follow-up episode. It may be along the same lines as collaboration, or it might be something like metacognition. We'll see. Thanks for listening. <laughs>